Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome or welcome back to the JKWD podcast. We hope you're having a wonderful day. Kelvin, how are you doing? I'm so glad I wasn't drinking coffee right then. That would have been messy. I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. It is it's a- also a good thing I wasn't drinking coffee because that would have come out all garbled. Oh, the crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful day here. Life is good. Feeling good. Looking fairly decent. And uh, hey. I believe I can safely say I have nothing to complain about at this time, at point in time. Good. How about you? I'm doing great. I ran nine miles this morning uh, at 34 seconds a mile faster than I ran them last week. So I got to remember what I did. I got to uh, write that down uh, and repeat that. We're longer, faster. If all my If all my long runs can be the way this one Mm-hmm. then i will stick with that i will be i will be very happy awesome and you're and you're moving up to what what it, what's your what's your end goal for this mileage well this is the i mean i got the army 10 miler in october got the rock and roll half marathon here in savannah in november i get a 15k here in savannah in november it's actually a split 15k mm-hmm. that's a weird one you run 5k and then you wait a half hour for the 10k to start and then I've got another half marathon in January in Charleston and another half marathon in March in Myrtle Beach. So I guess I don't I'm think gonna... I knew about those last 12. <laughs> 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 I knew you were doing a couple, but holy smoke. Yeah. So it's amazing. Yeah. And, and now you know, if I'm going to start traveling a little bit for some of these, I guess I got to find. I got to find races in in places that my wife wants to go. So we're going to have to find one in Atlanta. We're going to have to find one in in Memphis. We're going to have to do one in Vegas. I know Vegas has one that leaves at midnight. Wow. So you don't, you don't have to deal with the desert heat. Good thing. Yeah. Well, bless you. I mean, just have a wonderful time. I, I think I can say with a lot of, you know, it's, it's near like total certainty that you won't see me in those races. I mean, I, I may show up to watch some of hey, them, cool. but, but um, 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 we ain't gonna be bumping elbows running around the track there, buddy, or wherever <laughs> that is. Not that I'm a wimp, not that I'm not, you know, don't judge me <laughs> <laughs> again. Anyway, I understand. I understand. yeah, well, good. Good. I'm glad you I'm glad you went in that. So well, I figure if I keep signing up for races, I don't have to keep starting over. You know, I've had this problem where I sign up for the one in November, <clears throat> I train for it, I run it, and then I quit. Mm-hmm. And then I sign up for it next year, and then 20 weeks out I have to start over. Uh if I just sign up for them every couple of months, I can't stop. You know, I yeah, I can take I can take like a week off if I want. Mm-hmm. But I get in general, I have to keep it up and I've hit that point in, in my training where, where I hit every time where the first half hour just sucks. Mm-hmm. And after half hour, I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot this gets meditative is if, if I, if I manage to make it so that I don't ever have to run less than half an hour, mm-hmm. I'll enjoy all of them. And okay. yeah, you know, it, it, 
it, it gets hard and my, my feet are feeling the pavement right now and mm-hmm. uh, fortunately i'm sitting down so um, i have to worry about it but you know I, i've got my over my over padded extra extra arched recovery sandals and mm-hmm. i've got you know my little foot massage pad and yeah, and I'm wearing compression sleeves on my calves so that they're not mad at me for sitting down for two hours after oh, I just wow. ran for two hours. Yeah, for 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 a sport that is essentially free, it gets very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's something else to keep in mind for me. <laughs> yeah, all you have to do is strap on your shoes and go. Yeah, and I don't know if you want to actually like feel good and recover well. You know, maybe you want some soft sandals and maybe you want some some good mm-hmm. massage equipment and maybe you want some yeah, you know, maybe you want some extra hydration stuff for during your run and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Well my, I got my 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 friend here who uh started recently doing you know bicycle rest. So he 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 tends to do at least 50 miles a day. And he was, he's been in a couple of hundred mile uh, bike rides, you know, for charities and, and cancer for children and, and, and stuff. And I'm like, he, his longest one, he, he, well, so far, I believe he rode from Buffalo to Albany, then Albany to Syracuse. That was on two days, three days. That was uh no, he did that. He, he well no no it was uh, that was that was two days, um because this thing is fifty miles a day but he um <laughs> but then I had to take him back to get his car because he <laughs> left his car there and then he rode in a that was just to do and then he entered this other um I forget the, the name of it at the moment and you know raising money for for children's cancer. Uh, so he, he, he did that. Now he wants to do it the other way. He wants to go to Albany and ride back to Syracuse. And I'm like, I'll be cheering for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know, Katie spots is uh, first became aware of her when she set out to set a Guinness world record. She ran across Ohio mm-hmm. 31 miles a day for 11 straight days. Wow. Right now she's riding across Maine. Right, right now she's cycling across Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all, all to raise money for like clean water in, in schools. So mm-hmm. you know, good yeah, good good causes, but yeah. Hard work. Man. So do I do I get the uh, are you aspiring to do one of those? No. No. Just checking. Uh I, I do draw some motivation from that, like or some inspiration from that. Like, okay, well, if you can do that, then this ten miler I'm setting out on, not a problem. <laughs> yeah, like I can, uh, yeah. If I if I'm having trouble thinking about yeah ten miles, then I just think about that person who's running thirty one miles a day for a week and a half. Yeah, I I can I can I can run another two. I'm good. All right. As a as a bright side to just about everything. Isn't it? So cool. 
Cool. All right. So let's play some music, shall we? So we're recording this on September 10th, 2021 for release on September 13th of the same year, which makes sense. Doesn't, doesn't make sense. Nobody plans it far ahead. Schedule a year out, right? Yeah. Yeah. At least not in the podcast world. If you want to talk about anything topical, (laughs) which means that tomorrow as we're recording and two days ago, as we're releasing, it's the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks on the United States. And yeah, I know that in the news, there's all this stuff about Afghanistan and the Taliban taking back over and all that. But I think we can probably avoid most of the kind of political talk around it. But what what's your 9-11 story? Where were you when you found out about 9-11 and uh, what were the, what were the things you learned after it? Well, I was here in sunny Syracuse, I think. God, yeah. Yeah. And I heard um, a plane flew into the, to the, um, to the World Trade Center. And I'm like, that's weird. But I wasn't thinking airplane. I was thinking, you know, Cessna got off course kind of thing. And then, like, a few minutes later, I heard a second plane flew into the... And I'm like, what the heck is... This doesn't make sense. Somebody doing this on purpose? And then I I turned the news on. I was like, holy smoke. And then I heard about these other planes that were flying and targeting things. And I was completely, totally flabbergasted. I'm like, I think that probably um, affected me because I'm like, we, we haven't had anything like, you know, especially as I got deeper into the story, that's we're being attacked. That's Holy smoke. And you know, the, the, the feeling when you realize how many people are being hurt immediately. I mean, just mm-hmm. think about how many people work in that building. It's, it's, it's an overwhelming thought. I mean, you just can't imagine over here most of the time, I guess, you know, cause we, we don't have stuff like that happen. We don't have stuff like that happen in the United States. So it's like, what the heck is going on? And then I stayed glued to the TV for, the next several days until I could not stay glued to the TV. I had to turn that off. I couldn't even, I couldn't watch it. I, and it, and it got crazy. And then, you know, then the stuff that happens, I, you know, it's not like John F. Kennedy when I was sitting on a, in, on a swing in a playground at fifth grade, but, right. you, you know, but it, it was like such a, a horrible <laughs> feeling, I think is, is good for it. 
I, I don't know. How about what were you? Did you spend you're um, in the news? You oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, did you spend uh, you know, that day or like the next couple of days? Did you have people you were trying to locate and that kind of thing, or was everybody kind of not in the area? No, everybody, you know, I didn't have anybody in the area in, in the family and stuff, so I wasn't worrying about that. Um, but uh, you know, my family's in was in Maryland and, and places, you know, so I didn't have that, but you know, there were, there were other people who had, who had people. So right. and then you're just trying to think, how do you, and then when, the more you looked at it and the more you saw of the damage, it's like, I, it was, it was seriously inconceivable. And, and then inconceivable that it actually happened in the United States. Right. I'm like, you got it. Well, it hadn't really happened since Pearl Harbor, right? Yeah, not like that. Well, I mean, I mean, somebody, there somebody was a federal building, but it wasn't really the same magnitude. Right, and that was an American. Yeah. Yeah, you know, somebody had tried to take down the Trade Center before, too. You know, in ninety was it ninety five? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I was even fully aware of that one. I, I heard about it in the in the uh, you know in in the, in the banter, but I don't think I was fully aware of that. I understand. I spent, I mean, I'd spent 20 years in the military too. So this whole thing is really messing right. up my head. <laughs> right, well, I was working for a weekly newspaper uh, in Western Massachusetts and I left. It was a Tuesday morning. We had our editorial meetings uh, in our main office and I, I worked out of a satellite office. So I was at the main office. I left that meeting a little bit early, maybe about eight fifty or so. So the first plane had already hit, mm-hmm. and I had, yeah, I just had some rock station on the on the radio. You know, I wasn't listening to any news, and so I had D. Snyder from Twisted Sister, mm-hmm. you know, you know the band that's saying we're not going to take it uh, in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so he's the one I learned about nine 11 from. So I was, I was listening and I had no idea what he was talking about. Like they're, you know, they were talking about something crazy going on in New York and I had no idea what it was. And then you know, the second plane hit while I was driving. So you know, then I switched to, you know, an AM news station and, and really listened and tuned in and, yeah, I was like, whoa, uh, you know, so, something's going on here. Yeah, it's nothing I can, there's nothing I can do in our news cycle. I mean, A, mm-hmm. we were a very local paper, and B, we had just, you know, we distribute on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we weren't having another newspaper out for another week. So there wasn't really a story there. So from a, from a, ooh, ooh, big story perspective in, in young reporters' head, I'm like, okay, there's not a thing. So let's figure it out. Let's just have our day. You know, mm-hmm. Went to the, got to the satellite office. I turned the news on the on the radio. We didn't have. I don't think we had a TV in there. I think the first pictures I saw actually were at lunchtime. I went over to get sandwiches, and they had a TV on there. Uh, so the towers had already come down, and the plane had already hit the Pentagon, and we had pictures there. And the plane had already gone down in the field in Pennsylvania, but I don't remember if if we even had 
images from there yet. Uh, Cause that was, you know, there, there weren't like news vans around there. Right. Right. Um, when that plane, the went Pentagon down. was another one that was, <laughs> that was another, when, when we heard about that, it was like, holy shit. Yeah. What yeah. The- and you have to, you have to be flying a plane pretty low. Cause the Pentagon's not a tall building, right? It's like five stories or right. something. Yeah. Uh, but it turned out, uh, I lost one friend who was setting up a presentation on the 106th floor of one of the buildings. Mm-hmm. And we had another friend who was just opening a retail shop. She was managing the retail shop mm-hmm. on the ground floor of the, of the trade center when the, the first plane hit. And she took off running north, mm-hmm. and she got the last train back to back to her house. Like she she ran all the way up to like Times Square from from the Trade Center site and managed the last train out before they stopped them. Mm. And I just remember those next few days being really weird because there were no planes in the sky and right. there was no baseball and there was no. There was no football that first week. They skipped. I don't remember the, that was the first or the second week of the season that year. Yeah, this year it's the first week. So it's like, yeah, sports is the one thing you can kind of count on to be happening. Like when, when sports stop, so. when professional sports stop in the U.S., you know that something's like, it's, it's huge money and it's, it's just a regular schedule. You're like, you count on, you count on there being, you know, 10, like 12. oxygen. <laughs> yeah. You count on there being 10, 12 baseball games every night during the summer. Yeah, that was, uh, that was crazy. And not that, well, probably a year ago, well, in the middle of the pandemic, why not? Maybe a little bit longer. When I actually went back and saw some of the other, because at, at a point I couldn't watch that footage, but last right. year, I think I was looking at, at the, some of the stuff that happened and reading some of the other stuff. And it's like, it's still incredible. I mean, it's still kind of, yeah, well, you know, really. and Steve Buscemi was on you know, the actor. Steve Buscemi was a firefighter in New York uh-huh. and he had gone back to help out. He he went down and found his old company working and asked mm-hmm. if he could help for a few days. And he was on Mark Maron's podcast the other day and you know, talking about his memories of that. Yeah, you know, kind of crazy. Yeah. So I don't. Uh, that was the craziest thing, you know. You know, before that, I, when I was in the military, when we had the. Uh, Desert Storm kicked off, but that wasn't here. <laughs> right. You know, that was my last year in service. That wasn't here. Having when I'm looking at 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 airliners plow into the World Trade Center, I'm like, what the hell is happening here? And I go back and watch some of it now and I still can't watch some of it now, even though it's been right. 20 years ago. I can't watch that. I can't imagine. 
what was in those people's heads who who you know how they felt you know jumping off the building to to escape the right the rest of that so but anyway so <laughs> i don't want to talk about that more <laughs> but yeah it is that 20 years yeah and you know, people have some interesting stories coming out of it like yeah, you were talking about the the people jumping off. You know, the famous falling man photo. You know, yeah. Where. Yeah. You know, the the guy in the in the picture. You know, looks like he's got his hands in his pocket and he's just kind of flipping down. But it's mm-hmm. just a moment in a fall. Like it's not. It's not like it's not right, really it's not a fall. It's just, just right. It it just it's just a moment in the. It's not like the guy. Yeah, it was okay. nonchalantly jumping off the 105th floor. A thousandth of a second in that process. Yeah. Right. And how that picture got taken, it was the photographer was up the street on assignment and he heard the plane hit the building. Mm-hmm. So he just turned around and ran over and started taking pictures. And and he happened to capture that one and mm-hmm. The photo is just a little too blurry to figure out who it is. So there are a bunch of families who think it might be theirs, but they're they're not sure. Yeah, I read a I read a documentary on that on on trying to find out who that was. That actually, yeah, and right. like Cal Fussman had a very interesting story. Like he um, he wanted to learn about wine, so he actually took master sommelier classes Mm -hmm. and he wound up getting to be the sommelier for a day up at windows on the world Mm -hmm. at the top of the world trade center on like september 9th or september 10th or something Uh, you know he he'd gotten this okay to you know write the story for esquire Mm -hmm. about you know becoming a sommelier and about wine and about learning about it and then he gets to have this experience and then you know a day or two later 9-11 happens so it takes him 10 years to write the story you you figure out you figure out what the story is the story changes a lot yeah it does so i think i'd like to say i hope we don't ever have to go through that again (laughs) oh for sure yeah i hope i hope nobody does Yeah, yeah nobody it makes you think about the whole military complex, really, and 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 world relations and everything, because like people are doing that all the time around the world. Yeah, and it, uh, yeah, it hurts. So. You know, it's interesting. You're looking at some of the immediate. And a fallout. You know, we went to Afghanistan pretty quickly. We went to mm-hmm. Iraq pretty quickly. Uh, you know, the there was one person in Congress, you know, both houses, who voted no on the War Powers Act that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was Representative Barbara Lee of California. Yeah, you know, so every, you know, everybody kind of united together against mm-hmm. we didn't know what right mm-hmm. yeah like 
war on terror was like the war on drugs. We don't actually know what the end result is, but you know, yeah, so we're just trying not to get too political. You know, there are obviously yeah. <laughs> lots of facets that you know, we are not still not privy to. Absolutely. Right. Um, and we are not experts we are, and we don't claim to be right. We are not just talking about the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> just talking. Exactly. And, it, and it was a, it was a week we were allowed to feel. That was true. One of very few. Actually. Yeah. You know, I live in, I live in Georgia now and we acknowledge each other here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and are often a little over friendly sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's really a way of, it's a way of letting the other person know I see you. So if you're a threat, recognize that if you think you're a threat, recognize that I've noticed you, uh, you know, if you're trying to be invisible mm-hmm. and then if you're my neighbor, like recognize, Hey, I see you. Yeah. And it's also a way to let people know, you know, like I, I recognize that you do, that you are not normally in my neighborhood. Hey, how are you? Okay. <laughs> now, you know, I've seen you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you don't respond, I know that, yeah, I, I know I want to keep half an eye on you, <laughs> um, but you know, you were, you were in upstate New York and, uh, I was in Massachusetts and you know, planes hit in the Northeast. Yeah. Even, and I'm DC is in Atlantic, but it's really more of a Northeast city when you uh, take into account the culture. Yeah. These are not, these are not places where people generally acknowledge each other. And there was a lot of hello. Hi, how you doing going on that week for sure. Yeah, I just remembered that, uh, you know, my baby sister is in the D.C. area. Well, actually, she's in Upper uh, Maryland, Upper Marlboro, and and I do have some other family in D.C. So when I heard about the plane that hit the Pentagon, it's like, uh, holy smoke. Yeah, I've I've been in the Pentagon. (laughs) I used to work two blocks south of the Pentagon and, and I had to go over there, so that that whole concept the fact to be to be perfectly honest with you the fact that a plane could actually target and get to the pentagon completely blew me away i didn't think that would be any way possible to do that well i don't think they i don't think they had a i don't think they had a model in which they that came up yeah, like who would do that? <laughs> right. So, for all the for all the people who say the CIA was warning the Bush administration that there was attack mm-hmm. that there was an attack planned on the U.S. by Al Qaeda, mm-hmm. you know, what does that mean? You know, you can't you can't prepare for all scenarios, right? Right. And, and people look at uh, Nassim Taleb's book uh, that came out a week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, which book was it? Oh yeah. You told me about that. Yeah. I, I forget which, which book it was, but we'll have it in the, in the show notes. He, he published this book uh, 
and one of the things in there was, hey, who you know, who knows what's going to happen next week? My, you know, a plane could hit the building I'm working in, and you know, I could be without an office. And they took that as a as a prediction. Uh, yeah. And he's like, you totally missed the point. The point is, we don't know what's happening. If you prepare yourself for you know, the worst case scenario, then you don't have to worry when the first case when the worst case scenario happens. Right. Yeah. And that was pretty close to a worst case. Fooled by, fooled by randomness, I think, was the book. Yeah. We were talking about chaos theory and stuff, too, right? Around that. Or was that something else? Yeah, it's got to be something else. Because chaos theory is, you know, a butterfly bats its wings somewhere, and the next thing you know, the World Trade Center's falling down. Maybe that's what the climate control thing is. Why that butterfly? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Anyway, but it is the 20th anniversary of that. And um, we still have, um, you know, I know, I don't, I don't know anybody personally who was in the building, but, you know, my friend Mitch does, uh, is friends with somebody who was actually in the building that day and it's an escape. Yeah, same. And um, yeah. I, like I said, I still can't imagine. Last year, I read more stories of the heroism in that that happened that I hadn't heard before. You know how people were guiding people out of the building and trying to get through the trap staircases and all that other stuff. And I can't, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that from a hundred stories up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how 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 do you navigate that thing, right? Right. So and I wonder was, how many changes are happening, you know, are people putting some staircases on the interiors of the buildings rather than the exteriors? Because if you if you put all the staircases on the exterior and something like that happens, you can't go down the staircase because that's where that's where the damage is, yeah. That's where the damage is. Yeah, you know, but you know, if you're right in the middle of the building, then maybe you could go down. I mean, that's where the elevators normally are, but that's yeah, you, know, you disable the elevators in those cases. So it, uh, yeah. So we really, definitely you know, we changed the way we fly and it, and all that. I mean, you you remember flying pre nine eleven when you used to be able yeah. to just show up twenty minutes before your plane was going to leave and you know yeah, none walk, of that. walk through walk through the metal detector. You used to be able to go through that metal detector and go pick up your friends at the gate. Yeah. None, none of, that. of that. That's gone. And and in the in the foreign countries, well, foreign to us, I guess. In other countries, the security that went because of that also, so that affected travel around the world, not mm-hmm. just not just here. And and there are other countries who aren't near as lenient about um, modifications as we you know we 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 get serious. You know we don't want to take off our sneakers. We don't get on a plane. There's some other places that that you got a whole other set of problems in. <laughs> well, and then there are some places that are like, that's kind of ridiculous. You know, you know, Jim Jeffries has a, has a bit about flying in Australia. He's, he's Australian, right. but he, he lives in the U S and, you know, he does most of his work in the U S but he was talking about flying out of Australia and, and they were making fun of him for taking his shoes off. Or they were making fun of him for taking his laptop out of his bag. It's a nice <laughs> laptop. Why are you showing it to us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So first time I had to do that, it was really crazy. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And, and you know, I, the, 
the distance it now takes for me to fly instead of drive is is much different and you know that changed a little bit when we had a kid mm-hmm. but you know, I used to be like, hey, if it's going to be more than two, three hours in the car, I'd rather just fly. But mm-hmm. you know, once nine eleven hit, that became more like six hours. Yeah, it meant going to the airport and having a deal with an hour and a half there, rather than, yeah, you know, oh, okay, well, it's the same amount of time now. Yeah. So, do what you do. Yep. So we remember that day. I don't think any of us can ever forget that day. And, you know, it's really, there's the number of people, well, it's been 20 years. Yeah. Who hear about it, read about it, but didn't experience it. Yeah, yeah, they weren't weren't really here. Yeah. There are adults who were born after 9-11. So. Yeah. So it still doesn't have the. I mean, that's just a, that's just another war story, right? It, it's well, not, it happens. Uh, well, it happens every generation, right? Uh, you you remember Kennedy getting shot? I wasn't born yet. Yeah. But my parents all for that. Been. I was I was on the swing in in the, in the playground in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, and you remember that? You know, it's been just about sixty years. Wow. Yeah. 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 Am I that old? Yeah, looks like. All right. Well, I think uh, let's wrap this one up. Yeah, we don't. I don't think we want to remember any more of that. Except well, and we don't. I mean, the part where we have to remember, we have to remember. Yeah, I mean, it was good. Good to remember. Good to you keep in mind lessons that we've learned for better or worse, Uh, and yeah, just you know, watch what's going on around you because. You know, things yeah, things wind know. up happening, right? <laughs> yep. Things never and, know. You never and like know. and like Taleb says, you know, if you prepare yourself for something like this to happen just in case it happens, then you're not gonna be in bad shape when it does. So thank you for being here. JKWDpodcast.com for show notes for this. Uh, and there won't be much in the way of show notes, probably just a little bit. And all all the other episodes, of course. So we will see you next time. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Show notes and more at jkwdpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends. And we will see you next week. A Better Human Hood production.